Hey, everybody. Welcome to What's It Like podcast with Stacy and Emily. I'm Stacy, And I'm Emily. Welcome to another episode. We've got a good one today. Yes. Barbara Rich. What's it like to be Barbara Rich? Yes. It was funny when Emily and I were trying to figure out how to title this episode. Yeah. We, there were so many different ways we could have gone, you guys. He has a really interesting, fascinating story. He um, is an ex-con. He is a local barber who gives back in big ways to this community. He's a success story. Yeah, we just couldn't decide. It could have been, what's it like to be Mexican? What's it like to be an Mm ex-con? What's it like to be a barber? What's it like to give back to your community? It could have been so many things. So many things. So we're just calling it, what's it like to be Barber Rich? And we think you guys are going to fall in love with him. Absolutely. So please take a listen. We hope you enjoy it. And thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Hey, Rich, how are you? Good, ladies. How are you doing? We're good. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It's a beautiful day outside, and it you're is. sitting in the living room with us. We appreciate it. Very good view from here. Yes, Thank it is. you. Awesome. Did you um, work in the barbershop all day? I've been in there all day, yes. Okay. Well, thanks for sparing some time away from family to come and talk to us. We're excited. Yeah. Um, to all of our listeners, we have Barber Rich on the podcast today. I say that slowly because people have been thinking I've been saying Barbara Rich all day. (laughs) Barber Rich. He is a local barber in Oshkosh. Both Emily and my son get their hair cut by Barber Rich. And he has a super cool story we're excited to share with you guys today. Yeah. So take us back. Where to begin? You were born in California? Riverside, California. Okay. Uh, 1981. I would say to the early 90s, then we came out to Clintonville, Wisconsin. Oh, shut up. Okay. From Riverside, California to Clintonville, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what prompted that move? Uh, my mother was getting beat by her husband and... Was it her... your father? No. Okay. No, my father's a Trump, so we don't... Yeah. No, He's he not was... in the picture. No, he was the Hells Angels. He rode with the Hells Angels in California, and he trained... You know, he rode with them for a long time, so I just met him for the first time uh, three years ago. Oh, oh, so you didn't know him as a kid at all? No. You just knew dad out there somewhere was a hell's angel. Well, I didn't or even did know you, that. I didn't, didn't even, even know that. that. Crazy. Until I met him. Okay. Okay. Did you have somebody you called dad growing up or was it different? Different men. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, you had a brother, you said? Uh, I got a couple brothers. Okay. Uh, one's in prison in Tennessee. Uh, he's been down for 26 years. And my other brother, he's in Nina. And okay. he's got his own business now, but he was in prison as well. Okay. And now he's got his own cleaning business, and they're cool. doing well. Okay. And then you guys moved to Clintonville, and you were teenagers? No, I was uh, I was about 10. Oh, you okay. were young. And just for anybody listening that's not Wisconsin, Clintonville is a small, very small, white town very. in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And you are not totally white, right? Um, no, I'm Mexican and white. Mexican and white. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's that like as a 10-year-old boy to move to Clintonville, Wisconsin? I don't fine? know. I was fine. <laughs> it was fine? Yeah, no, I was fine. You didn't hate it? No, I mean, they had uh, they had some Mexicans out there. Um, their parents worked at the plant out in Bear Creek. and So, okay. I mean, yeah, they had some other races out there. So, I mean, I got along with everybody. And So who's Mexican, your mom or your dad? My mom. Your mom's Mexican. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Is she great? She passed. She did. She did. Um, usually I wear it around my neck every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the past couple of days, I just it's been put away. Yeah. yeah. How, How long, long ago, ago did she die? She passed away two months before I came home from prison. Um, oh, so man. going on five years now. Wow. It's okay. been five years now. Did she visit you in prison? Was she able yeah, to? Okay. A lot. So you were able to see her in that time. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while since she's been gone. Yeah. 
Wow. See, we told you guys we got a story. To I know. I don't here. even know where to start That's here. Awesome. Yeah. So three brothers and a mom moved to Clintonville. Was I there any? Oh, you oh. do? Mm-hmm. I got sisters. I got, there's six of us. There's me, my two brothers and my three sisters. Okay. You guys all moved to Clintonville. Mm-hmm. And did you have family there? Is that why? Yeah. My okay. grandmother, my mother's mom, she was there. Um, they were running from the government in California, so she moved my grandfather out here to duck that. Okay. So we had a safe haven to go to out here yeah. when okay. that happened. Um, then eventually I, we moved to Appleton. Okay. okay. And that's where my journey started. Okay. So Appleton is a little bit bigger than Clintonville, but it it's not a huge town. It's not no. a big city. It's a medium-sized town in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you when you moved there? Uh, 14. Okay. okay, so describe to us what kind of teenager you are. Are you easy going? Are you crazy? What are you like? I was just, uh, I don't want to say disrespectful, but I was above everybody else, I thought. Ah, okay. I was angry. Mm. Um, I thought Angry I was, about just family mm. situation? And... Just anger management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, never had it before, but I just knew that I was an angry kid, and okay. I was good to everybody. I was always polite to everybody. But when I, as soon as something set me off, it was, it was over. Right. Okay. I, mean, I just, yeah. Yeah. Did you get um, into fights? A lot. Okay. So that, that led into stealing, that led into group homes. Okay. Um, caught a battery on one of the staff members mm. at the group homes. As a teenager. Yeah. You say okay. caught a battery. Does that mean you were arrested for that? I was. I was sent to juvenile prison. I did two years. Okay. Um, then when I came home. They placed me in another group home. Okay. What is a group home? A group home is somebody that's trying to come out of a certain situation, and they're trying to reintegrate you slowly back into society. So it's not okay. jail, but it's like. So you weren't making. It's like your house you got arrest. curfew. You got jobs. You got to do that mm. kind of stuff. What's it like in there? What are the kids like in there? Uh some of them are soft. I mean, some of them that shouldn't be there, but they're there for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they can't make it at home or something like that. You got some guys that have been in juvie prisons. You got some guys that are just doing small crimes, getting locked up. Um, mm-hmm. They got to take you out of your house so you can be watched. Okay. Everybody's mm-hmm. parents ain't watching the kids, and mm-hmm. that's when the kids like to get out and cause trouble. Was your, um, was your mom, was this driven by your mom, or was it more law? Like issues with the law that pushed yeah, put it was you the there. Law. Okay. Uh, no matter what my mother did or tried to say, I mean, I was gonna do me regardless. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, that's just the, the the joy of being a kid, man. You got to find yourself, and mm-hmm. yeah. that's just who I was. And well, and different people are different. Different people are governed by different emotions, right? So you're just a natural emotion that governed you was anger. Absolutely. Right? That's Stacy too. She's an angry person. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we're, we've been learning quite a bit about this, just different personalities and stuff over the last couple of years. And on the podcast, we've talked about this test. We'll tell you about it sometime. We're getting a haircut called the Enneagram. But it does talk about people are either you kind of operate out of feelings or emotions or, or fear. Feelings, fear, or anger. And yeah. different kind of people. And so it just feels like sometimes that's just how you're born and it's how you learn to cope with life. Mm-hmm. And so anger was your way of coping. Well, I mean, I feel like everybody's got their own thoughts in life, their own feelings in life. Um, yeah. It's how you just show your feelings. Me, I don't, I don't know why I was so angry. Um, I don't know what it was. But I had to feel pain to release the way I was feeling. Hmm. Um, so I used to be a cutter. I don't tell too many people that. I don't hmm. tell anybody that. Yeah. Um, but I used to be a cutter, so I wouldn't hurt somebody else. That was your, I got, I have anger that needs to come out. 
I mean, I, somebody, it so. had to. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to feel some kind of pain or yeah. it was just going to stay built up yeah. and it was going to be bad. Yeah. Did mm. people know you were doing it at the time? or? Um, yeah. Uh, group home staff, they knew. Yeah. Um, my arms got chopped up. Um, my stomach got chopped mm-hmm. up a little bit. Um, but people in my daily life, they don't know that. Yeah. Um, my wife's family don't know about that. A lot of my family, they don't know about that. Well, you're saying it into a microphone right now. How do you feel about that? <laughs> It is okay? what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's just, it, it's who I was. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not an angry person today. Uh, I mean, if the kids, they don't listen, obviously, I'm a, yo, well, get your course. butt. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty laid back until somebody goes over that line. Then I got to be rich Yeah. outside mm-hmm. of Barber Ridge. And <laughs> I just got to let you know, like, yo, this ain't right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's, yeah. That's Absolutely. really real. Yeah. Really Absolutely. real. And. You had mentioned that your both your brothers served some time too. Mm-hmm. Was this all kind of happening at the same time? Like, were they finding themselves in trouble at the same time you were? Um, my brother Mike, he's older than me. He's a bit older than me. Um, he's about like 42, 43 right now. So he's really young? Yeah, yeah. he's very young. Rich, okay, we're 42. You for Don't he's call very, us yeah. old. <laughs> no, no, but he's got, he's got me by, he's got me about, Oh, like five years or something oh, okay. like okay. that. So he's my oldest brother, but my brother I looked up to, he's got me by two years. Mm-hmm. But he was really into a lot of stuff, batteries and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, we used to terrorize Appleton. Really? Okay. Yeah, we used, to, we used to just pick fights, go to the malls, pick fights. Really? Just because. Mm-hmm. Just had something we he had to get out. Yeah. So if- it's not about getting out. It's just about that's who we were. Okay. So if we asked someone you, did you graduate from high school? No. Okay. Did, did you spend some time in high school? No. Okay. So I've if never we, spent a day in high school. Never spent a day in high school. When you were at the group homes, they didn't make you go? No. Well, the thing with group homes, when I went to group homes, it was like around summertime. Oh, okay. okay. So there was, there was none of that. Yeah. Um, my schooling was in Lincoln Hills. Obviously, I'm not going to do nothing in Lincoln Hills. Um, Where's Lincoln Hills? Where's that? Lincoln Hills is in Irma, Wisconsin. It's just a boys' prison. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I've heard. Okay. Um, so I got battered by nine guards in there with oh, my hands cuffed behind my back. They mm. broke my wrists. Um, they maced me, punched me, choked me, ripped the clothes off my back. Why cuffed up? So now I got scars under my armpits from where they ripped the shirts off. Um, they ripped my. They eventually took one cuff off and cuffed it to the bed. Ripped my underwear and pants off. Cuffed me back behind my back and picked me up behind my back um, and carried me to the showers to get all the mace and stuff out of my face. Oh, my Uh, gosh. But once they realized they broke my wrist when I got back into the cell, um, and I I was kind of fanning my eyes so I can see. Yeah. Um, And once I looked at my my left wrist and held it up, I turned on my call light. Um, The call light is, it's a light outside your door. As soon as you flip it on, the guards will see it and they'll come to you. Okay. So as soon as I came to the door, obviously they're going to say something aggressive, but as soon as I showed them my arm... Yeah. They acted right real fast. Even though they had just done that to you. They just done it. They, I mean, everything was there. Of course, I'm a trash talker. It's going to happen. Okay. I was an anger kid. Yep. Um, but yeah, they really roughed me up that night. And Jeez, we was that night them. one there? Like their first night there? Or was that? No. Okay. That was, that was over some time. Yeah. Um, that was almost Ugh. around my two year time. It's like a, it's a school too. They got school in it. They got, yeah, I mean, the kids yeah. in there, so it's mandatory you got school and stuff, but yeah. the graduation rate is yeah, nothing fancy. Yeah. So. so how does something like that not break you? I mean, emotionally and just your spirit. 
Uh, you just got to be a strong-minded person. I mean, even as an adult prisoner, I mean, we I've done a lot of whole time. I went to Supermax and really, I still did batteries and I still did it. I was that's just me. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking when this is happening? Like, you're getting beat by some guards as a teenager. What's in your mind while that's happening? Um, you're just waiting for it to stop. You mm. just don't like. Well, obviously, you're trying to ball you're up. Thinking? You're trying to ball up. Uh-huh. Uh, cause you, there's nothing you can do. Your hands are cuffed behind your back. They're choking you. They're yeah. punching you. They're kicking you. Um, you got mace in your face. You can hardly breathe. Yeah. Um, you're just trying to survive. I'm so I'm thinking about like when I'm getting in trouble from my mom as a kid and I'm like, oh, I wish I had never done that in the beginning. Cause now I have to do this consequence. Are you so, as, you know what I mean? Do you have regret in the middle that you're like, oh, I shouldn't have talked off or you're no. like, whatever, I'd still do it again. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's okay. My whole my whole past, I don't regret nothing. Really? Okay. From my armed robberies to, like, I really never hurt anybody in person. Yeah. Um, except the ones that had it coming. Other than that, anybody that didn't have nothing to do with nothing never caught nothing like that from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have a sense of right and wrong deep in your oh, gut? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when you're running around Appleton as a teenager, just picking fights and stuff, what are you thinking? Um, see, the thing is, is my brother was a big boy. Okay. Um, so he'd be on one side of the mall, then they got the little centerpieces and I'd be on the other side of the mall and he'd be walking. Um, then they had, I had a group of kids that were my age, mm-hmm. try to mimic my brother the way he walks cause he's so big okay. and mm-hmm. I caught it. Uh. Mm-hmm. So while my brother's walking ahead, he don't see me approach the kids yeah. and confront them and say what I'm going to say to him. But as soon as one of the kids that I don't see is walking up on the side of me, my brother's there mm. to brush up on him mm-hmm. and say, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm. Then eventually we took him outside. and I So you're not him. like, let's go to the mall and get in a fight. But you're at the mall and you see somebody mocking your brother. And nah, like, that's what we roll. went there for. Oh, it is? We went there for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to fight the Asians in the malls. I used to, yeah. Because yeah. we used to be into it with the Asians a lot. Really? A lot of, yeah, a lot of gang banging. Uh, so there's the gangs in Appleton. Well, you got the Asians, you know, the CMBs and... That's the um, name of an Asian gang. Crazy up Hmong there? Boys, yeah. Crazy um, so, Hmong Boys? Yeah, so I that was never heard of it. that was big back in the day. Okay. okay. Still yeah. there, do you think? I mean, it's there. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't hear about it because there's nothing really going on in the Fox Cities like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. changed. Or it's, no. It's really never there. If you're a part of something, you make it a part of it. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But the average person ain't gonna see it or hear it. Okay. Yeah. But So were you part of a gang too? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it uh, Mexicans or um it was a mix of a lot of things. I mean, you had some brothers coming down from Chicago and plugging some of the guys out here in Fox Valley and stuff like that, and I was one of them. Okay. Plugging, does that mean like recruiting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I really took it to heart. Um, and after that, I mean, I felt like I was on top of the world, like, man, we'll go smash yeah. whoever, and it'd be okay. Because um, you had some power. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we had, we had some people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, some of the same guys I did an armed robbery with, in Appleton, and it was just after that it was prison time. Hmm. Okay, how old so that you? was the thing that initial that's that's what got you into prison. Prison. No, being being you know gang banging to get me to I got missed off in the prison. Okay, um, my actions, the armed my robbery. Thoughts, I mean though, yeah, the armed robbery got me twenty years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you served how many? Uh, well, I did fourteen and a half years altogether. Okay, fourteen and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, consecutive. Well, I did my two years in Lincoln Hills. Yeah, um, and I did twelve and a half. In the joint, in the men's prison. Okay. Um, so I'm not even counting my county jail because I did 10 months in county jail for a strong arm robbery okay. before my arm robbery. Okay. Um, so I'm not even counting all the jail county jail times I've been in. I'm counting structured mm-hmm. prison time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Are you pre eighteen, post eighteen? How old are you when that happened? The arm robbery. Uh, I was eighteen. They they got they locked me up on my nineteenth birthday. Wow. Okay. I finished my birthday, so it was all good. We me and my mother had a nice steak dinner, and after that, it was just yeah. The SWAT team came in. Man, and you, I don't, yeah. I don't. Tell us what that's like. That day you're eating, it's almost like your last meal, right? Like this is. Well, that was my last meal. That was my last meal. Um, Did you know they were coming? No. No. Okay. Oh. Oh. Just happened. So to you be had that, right? this meal on your birthday, and then they came for you because they must have had proof or something. Uh, or... Well, one of the guys he had told on us two weeks before it even happened. Ah. Uh, him and he he went to his uncle. They called Crime Stoppers. He was supposed to be one of the guys. I didn't know him that well. Hmm. Um, somebody else did. He called Crime Stoppers two weeks before it happened. They said, yo, if this, touch, this place gets robbed, this is who did it. His name is Rich. He lives on Law Street. The other guy's name is Kyle. He lives over here. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they came to both of our houses around the same time. And, hmm. and, and that's that. 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Getting locked up for 12 and a half more years. Well, yeah, I got locked up for 10. I did 10 and a half years on that bit. I came home. Okay. Um, I did. I was out for 15 months. But it was hard to survive coming home after that long and yeah. not really having somebody there to guide you and help yeah. you financially. And uh, my cousin, he was out here doing some stupid stuff, scrap and metal and stuff like that. And I kind of jumped on with him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm the one that's going to take the fall for it. So I took the fall for it. And I got two years and two months after that time. Huh. And that's when I came out this time. Okay. okay. So you had been out from the armed robbery before? Yeah. What tells the feeling when the SWAT team comes to your house to take you away? I mean, it's, you know, they dare. It is what it is. I'm, I can't go nowhere. Um, the only thing that I regret is my mother answering the door and hmm. her getting guns and every, everything in her face and yelled at and hmm. moved to the wall so she can't do nothing. And um, I, she could never be a mother to me. Um, since she passed away, because I was always that kid that was always in group homes, locked up, mm. and it was all my choice. So, I mean, I feel bad um, that I couldn't allow her to be there with her and, you know, be the son that she needed. But she'd come visit me all the time, and when she passed away, she really knew me growing up inside prison. She never got to see who I am today or yeah. being successful. And I, I am today who she always wanted me to be. And uh, mm-hmm. She always wanted me to have kids. And now I got two beautiful kids and two stepkids. And yeah, so I mean, I mean, life is beautiful, man. I'm surrounded with good people and I got very good thoughts and man, I got great intentions for everybody out here. Yeah. So when you, what was, was there a tipping point when you were serving time where you were like, okay, I got to do something different. Yeah, it was, uh, 2006. Uh, my mother, she was having strokes, hmm. um, and I knew it was a stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm locked up. I mean, I was her baby boy, and, you know, she 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 let me know all the time, like, yo, like, I hate seeing you like this. Mm-hmm. And I was always catching batteries and fightings, and um, I was always doing segregation time. Mm-hmm. So out of... So this was while you were inside. Yeah. You were still getting into some trouble. and mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I went to Supermax uh, for battery, and... I did about four years in segregation. That means what? In the hole. By yourself. You're by yourself. Yeah. All oh. day? Mm-hmm. No, you don't get out for anything. Well, you don't want to come out in the wintertime, but in the summertime, you come out. Um, it's like a dog kennel. Um, you just pace right around outside for an hour, and you come back in. and By yourself the whole time? So you have no one to yeah. talk to? No, you can talk to people on the, on, the, on the range, but... Okay. 
I mean, you don't really want to talk to them. I mean, everybody, a lot of people on medication. And mm -hmm. it's just really you, your thoughts, walking, pacing back and forth, reading books, working out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I did. I drew a lot. Really? Really? You're an mm -hmm. artist? I like to draw a lot. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Did you, you're, um, for our listeners, Rich has tattoos on his arms and on his neck. My chest, and... my stomach, my legs, yeah. everywhere, my neck, my throat. Did you get some of those when you were inside prison? 95% of them. Okay. You can get tattoos inside? No, you can't. No. <laughs> so tell us about that. <laughs> How, does How does that, that work? work? <laughs> uh, I just had a good, I had a good silly, man. He was a good tattoo artist. He was a Puerto Rican cat and... He was just really, really good at tattooing. I said, yo, it's training day. I was in the barbershop when this was taking place. Okay. Um, so I had a lot to lose. Um, yeah, he hooked me up. Within three days, my whole body was pretty much done. Wow. Oh, like where are you doing that? In a cell. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, and we, he's got equipment? Well, you use electric razor. The motor of electric razor, you break no. it down and you get a toothbrush and you get a guitar string, sharpen it up. You get the button off your shirt to make it spin. And no, wow. shut your yeah. mouth. So, That's amazing. Where's the ink come from? Uh, you can use soot. Um, you can use uniball pens that we used to order from a, a certain place. Okay. And we just, yeah, we went to town. You just make it. it work. Is that, did you ever get That's an amazing. infection or was no. it everything was fine? No, it was all fresh, sanitized. Everything's yeah. burnt and... So you've said your tattoos tell a story. Was mm -hmm. that when he was doing these tattoos for you, were you telling him about your life? And were you like, okay, I want one to look like this, and I want you to have something like this? Yeah, he, I mean, I tell him what I want, he'll draw it out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I like it, or yo, let's do this to it, or something yeah. like that. Uh, my boy Tommy Gunn got killed. So I put him up here. Um, it's just rest in peace, Tommy Gunn, the day he got killed. It's got my initials on, my left arm, or my brother's. You pretty much got my whole right arm. Mm -hmm. huh. I got, you know, I got barber life on my hands and. Okay. Yeah. I just got a lot of stuff. I got gang tattoos all up my arms and. You do. The back of my legs and my arms. Huh? Were you still a part of your gang when you were in prison? Yeah, absolutely. Is that what's that like? Is that helpful? Uh, I'm not gonna say it's helpful. I mean, they're your people. Mm -hmm. They're your people. I'm were there right. some in prison with you? They're all in there with me. Okay. Yeah. Do prison. you still stay in touch with any of them? Um. Not not of my own, but like some of the some of the other ones that were with me. Um, it's hard to explain it all. Um, like yeah, I used to I used to bang one thing, but there'd be guys that bang something else. But you're together mm -hmm. while you're locked up for huh. security reasons. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, I would definitely. I'm still in contact with them. They're doing well. Really. A lot of them got businesses, and um, yeah, life is beautiful for them. So Good. absolutely. So you yeah. mentioned you were in the barbershop because that was something that came into your life, right? Mm -hmm. While you were inside and you learned how to cut hair. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Uh, yep. I was actually signed up for the masonry program. So I wasn't supposed to be a barber. Okay. Huh. Uh, I signed up after I got my HSCD for masonry. And I was walking through the school hallway and I asked Mr. Prokoski, he's uh, the guy that runs the barbershop, when are you going to get me in the shop? But I was just talking about for a haircut. Yeah. Um, he put it to a whole nother level and said, yo, if you want to get in the barbershop, go sign up in the guidance office. Really? Well, it kind of took me back for a minute. I said, yo, P, are you telling me that if I do this, if I switch them up, that you're going to put me in the shop? Yeah. He's like, I'm not telling you nothing, but if I was you, I'd probably go sign up. Uh -huh. mm, cool. So I did. And uh, he got me in there. I graduated June of 2006 by... January 07, I was, I started. You started cutting hair? Barber, yeah. Yeah. 
in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you ever wanted to do a hair before? Well, I've no. never had the urge to do it. <laughs> and you were like, it's my dream. I can't wait to do it. No. But that day changed everything. I did. Yeah. What was, what was, was he, was Mr. P part of that for you? Like, was there something about him specifically that? Mr. P was the man. He was like a, he was the father figure to everybody in prison. Everybody mm-hmm. looked up to P. If P said something, everybody, they took it to, to heart. And yeah. um, he never misled you or, I mean, he wasn't one of these guards that are going to tell you one thing and do something else. Like Mr. P was one of the realest guys in prison. So yeah. That means a ton. So you wanted it? to do good yeah, for him. Uh, I wanted to do good for myself, um, but I wanted to do good for my mother. And because mm. um, that's about that the time when your thing. mom's having the strokes and you're mm-hmm. you're feeling like I'm causing her stress. Yeah. Um, eventually, she got COPD. Okay. okay. Oh, that's rough. Um, yeah. So I mean, that went pretty bad. Yeah. And yeah, when she passed, it was just it was tough. Yeah. yeah. When did she pass? What year was that? Uh, it was 2014. Okay. So there was. Sometime after you became a barber that she got to see you be a different man. Yeah, I was a barber for a while, but she didn't get to see me to to this potential. She didn't get right. to see nothing. She um, she saw me get out and go back in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and, that, and that was tough. So when she passed away, I really beat myself up on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's hard. Is she... Um, that's not what I meant to ask. I'm sorry. What was different then when you got out the second time, Rich, and from when you got out the first time and ended up going back in, what changed? Uh, what changed was I met my wife when I was in prison. I met Heather. Hmm. I was at a minimum work release here in Winnebago County. Okay. Is and that towards the end of your sentence that you were able to do that? or Midway. Okay. And yeah. my understanding, that means you can like leave during the day to go work somewhere, but you got to be back at night. Is that what that kind of place um, is? They place your job. They get you a job, um, and an inmate drives you and other inmates to the job, you can't leave the site. You got to just get dropped off, go in the building. Yeah. Well, my my wife, she was there to visit her brother. Okay. My sister was up there to visit me. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I kept peeping her out. and <laughs> Peeping her out. Yeah. That's awesome. So, eventually, I told my sister, like, yo, I want you to go to the vending machine. I want you to go tell that, that lady over here. I think she's beautiful. I'd like to get to know her. And... You know, in prison, I mean, I was a pretty good-looking dude. I was, yeah. <laughs> was kind of built, and I mean, I was a 197 solid. You know, it was summertime, brown skin, just a nice full hawk. And, That's right. Yeah, so I was looking good. You're feeling pretty good about your prison Yeah, I was feeling good yeah. about myself. Um, so, yeah, man, I sent my sister at it to the vending machine, and she went up there and started talking to her, and she started playing with her hair. Oh. And looking way over across the room at me, I'm like, yo, I got this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but she was engaged, and I didn't know that at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a she, big yeah, thing. She was engaged to her son's father, but she wasn't happy, um, so I was her out. Really? Mm. Yeah, he was an alcoholic, and she, yeah, I mean, he would verbally abuse her all the time and never mm. be home. He'd be drinking, and so she's like, yo. But uh, then she thought somebody in prison would be better. Hey. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty courageous You of did her. have a tan. Right. You had a nice tan. I did have then. a nice tan <laughs> going on. Well, so. full hawk, so that's. I had a very nice haircut, yeah. so. <laughs> I think that might have played a nice role in it. So how do you start a relationship when you're still yeah. in prison? How does that work? Um, listeners, get your kids away, please. Oh, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> what are those called? Wait, conjugal visits? Is we that kinda, what that yeah, was? Yeah, we kind of we had a few conjugal visits at the, you know, she'd drive an hour just to come see me. And, wow. So, yeah. so wait, from that initial sister made the connection, somehow what, did you exchange numbers? Was she able yeah. to call you and uh, communicate with you there? 
as soon as, as soon as I seen her playing with her hair, I went up to the guard station. I said, "Yo, my man, let me get a like a pencil or a paper or something like that." Um, so he gave me a pencil and I just wrote it on a napkin, and she still has it to this day. Huh. Okay. Um, and I just wrote on her, "Hey, yo." I think you're beautiful. My name is Rich. I'm a good dude. I like to get to know you. And this is my information. And uh, she hit me back. She hit me back right away. She took it off the table. And wow. So yeah. how can she call you when you're in jail? I called her. She uh, oh my my sister came to visit me and okay. she gave me the phone number. Okay. Okay. So, so you owe right. your sister a lot, is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My game's tight. So. <laughs> so did you? Did you? And your wife's name is Heather. Mm-hmm. Did you guys first? communicate a lot via phone like was that how it started to get to know um, each other well, she, sent, she sent me a letter she sent me one letter I, I wanted to know about herself she sent me pictures she was into horses she rode horses um they had a horse um yeah so i mean i, I enjoyed what i was hearing and mm-hmm. had you okay really quick had you ever done this before in prison been like hey that lady's beautiful i need to get to know her or was it mm-hmm. like heather was different Nah, because there were so many girls uh, when I got locked up that would write me. Um, really? Yeah. Like, hmm. they, they want to be there. And I had an ex, my first love. Um, and she would check on me every two and a half years just to see where I'm at. Okay. Because mm-hmm. um, she was keeping tabs on me. So when I did come home. Yeah. But it was just like, nah. Yeah. It, the, I mean, the feelings just weren't the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when she saw me, she came to visit me before I got out the first time. And as soon as I stepped in the visiting room and sat at the table... And I said one word to her, she cried. Hmm. Yeah, it's like the voice just did something to her past, and she cried, and I thought for sure that we're going to have something special when I came home to, and she was with another man that had a lot of money, Hmm. and she was comfortable, and she didn't want to leave dad for somebody that's coming out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's whatever, I understood, but... Yeah. yeah, Well, you wouldn't have Heather, right, without that? Well, I mean, I wouldn't have my beautiful kids if it wasn't for that. Yeah, right. That's true. Crazy. So you got out of prison the second time. Heather was waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And you guys got married right away. Did you, what happened? How'd that go um, down? When I came home, Heather quit her job pretty much the same day I came home. And where um, was she living at the time? In Amro. Oh, okay. Yeah, so right when you say I came home, yeah. was it in this area? It was in Amro, yeah. Okay. Um, and that was probably the worst thing to happen to us. Um, it put me back in a position where... I might have to start committing crimes to get money back because you just quit your job. We don't have no money. Yeah. Um, our electric bill got so high where we couldn't pay it. They shut it off. Yeah. Mm. The food's bad. Everything's bad. Because yeah. when the, can, they let you out of prison, they just... Yeah, you're out. Literally open the door, you walk out and... Like brush their hands of you, send you on your way, yeah. and you're supposed to figure it out? Maybe you go talk to your PO, and after that, you're, just, you're on your own. You have no money. None. You had... I mean, without Heather, where would you have gone? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe my brothers or something like that. But it feels I don't know. kind of like a kind of a big miss. <laughs> That's why my man's with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to send my man's back to Milwaukee, and I told my PO, I said, no, I can't let this happen. There's no way I can let this happen. Yeah, because if you get out with no support system, your only option is what? What you know, which the is streets, committing crimes. The people that you were with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you go from gang banging in Milwaukee and you're, you're going to the same neighborhood, What's going to happen in Milwaukee? You're going right. to carry a gun with you because you got to protect yourself or you're going to be a victim. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not letting that happen to my man. There's yeah. no way. Um, Rich, Rich has a friend here at the podcast interview named Chivo who just got out of prison a couple days ago or a week ago. A week ago tomorrow. That's who Rich is referencing right now is, did you guys meet each other serving time? Yeah, I've been knowing Chivo for a little minute. Okay. Um, and he's one of the realest guys I know. That's why I love this man. Like I love him. 
like man it's, it's my brother it's not mm. just like oh it's my friend no it's my brother um and there's nothing i'm not gonna do for this man to make sure he he sees better days and he yeah. can live comfortable and um he's talking to a beautiful woman right now and i think if things go well, like his life should be should be fine. <laughs> he just got yeah. a big smile on his face. I, well, like well, his yeah. smile I mean, he's never had a he's never had a driver's license day in his life. The mm-hmm. man's forty three years old. So what's that say about society in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. He's been out before, mm-hmm. but he just did ten years, ten and a half years. Yeah, let's get you your license. We got him a car. Yeah, but you're not touching this car until. Yeah. You get your license yeah. and we get you insured and we got to do the right steps because mm-hmm. if, if I had people like that to tell me, Rich, do this this way and this is how it's going to be done, yeah. life could be different. My mm-hmm. brother Eddie, I mean, yeah, he tries to be on my back and do things right by me, but it's really me that has to do me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's doing everything he can to do him, but we're going to put him in school. He's going to go to barbering school. and Awesome. Yeah, he's going to be fun. You need someone who can give you a shot. That's all you need. Yeah. So you get out. You guys can't pay your electric bill, but you're in love. Yeah. I mean, the food's the food's rotted. Um, everything's bad. Um, I'm going to Father Cars every Friday, and I'm going to Summer's House. It was either Wednesdays or Tuesdays or something just to get food to mm-hmm. put back in our house. We got kids in the house. Yeah. It wasn't. They weren't my kids, but they're my wife's kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need to eat. They were little. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Very little. Um, so we're going through tough times, man. I became um, a server at Buffalo Wild Wings in Appleton, and I'm living in Amro. Mm-hmm. I'm scrounging for a job. Right. I wasn't making enough there. Is it hard to get a job as a convict? I don't want to use that excuse. Um, okay. There's just a lot of but lazy. Is that true? There's a lot of lazy convicts that come out and they 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 use that image of oh man these people are going to give me a job. There's people out here that'll give you a job. It's what you're willing to take. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's so a me good point. being a server and a busboy and all this other, I don't. As a grown man, I don't want to be doing this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But as a, a man that has a family at home, Rich, you need to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it. You know, I'm working as many hours as possible, but they're not giving me the hours I need to suffice my family. Right. Right. Um. So eventually, I said, Yo, my man, you guys are giving me all these little morning shifts. This ain't covering nothing but an afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then everybody makes money at nighttime. So eventually I take my shirt off. I leave. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm looking for another job. Yeah. 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 So now I get one. Um, I get I get one doing demolition. Okay. 20 bucks an hour where I'm thinking I'm set. This is great. Yeah. I've never made this kind of money in my life. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, but the but the weird part is that these are racist guys up in Rylander, and it's only a four man crew: me, the dad, the son, and the guy that's running his excavator. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the talk of everything. I'm, I'm the gay jokes. You've been in prison, obviously. There's gay jokes. Uh-huh. Um, you, you're Mexican. Hey, your name is Juan Jose. There, your name was yeah. everything when you were working for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would I'd leave home Monday about three in the morning, get to Rylander by six, start working by seven. And I'd stay there all the way to Thursday night and come home. And be the butt of somebody's jokes the whole time. The whole time. That's uh, so I, I complained to my wife for seven months. Eventually, Rich came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Of course. And I said what I had to say to him. And I came home and I started working at Nina Foundry. Okay. But this time I'm cutting hair out of my house. Okay. Making a name for myself on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to get noticed. Mm-hmm. I'm doing designs. I could take my time. I could do everything ah. I got to do. Um, so barbers are noticing me. Okay. So I'm working at the foundry on my hiring day. They hired me on. I quit. Really? Yeah, I quit. Um, there's a barber. There's a barber named Connell. Okay. Uh, he was in Manasha. 
And he gave me a chance in his shop. He says, yo, Poppy, I really need you in my shop. I think you'd be perfect in my shop. I said, let's get it. Let's do it. Um, So I went over there. It lasted for about three to four months. I wasn't feeling his attitude. Um, Yeah, there was just things going on in the shop that I didn't like. He yelled at one of my clients. I got in his face. We said some things, and I packed all my stuff, and Hmm. I put on Facebook, yo, who's looking for a barber? Okay. Okay. Indicut, they wanted Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I went to Indicut. Which is where I met you for the first time. Yep. So it's a barbershop here in Oshkosh, but is this, that's not still open, is it? Uh, he's open. He's got a smaller shop, um, oh, okay. but we were on the big front down from UWO. Yeah. Um, so I was there and I opened it with him. Okay. And things went pretty good. Um, I was there for about seven and a half months. Um, the environment was, it is what it is, a bunch of yeah. rap music, stuff like that. A lot of clients, they'd say, yo, Rich, I don't think I could bring my kids here. Uh, so I used to change the music all the time, but uh, that's when I started doing benefits for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He wasn't huge on that stuff. Got okay. it. Um, the last benefit I did, him and another barber, they kind of just ducked back and yeah. let me cut all day. And they may have cut made three heads or something like that all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you guys just had different visions and That's when I told my for... wife I'm done. Yeah. Um, I rented a pontoon boat the next day, took my my dogs, took my family out there uh, in Wapak on the lake, and um, we, I just thought about it all day, and I said, yo... I think it's that time. I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she believed in me and said, yo, do it. Yeah. As soon as she gave me the go-ahead, I got on my crash rock and I drove all the way around Oshkosh looking at every vacant building, yeah. taking pictures of phone numbers, and I made phone calls, and yeah, one person called me back. Okay. Um, I looked at the building. It was, it was a it was a crappy building. I'm looking at it like, yo, I can turn this into something special. You could see it. Yeah, so... Is this the one that was down on Main Street? Main Street, yeah. 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 Um, so, man, we had to tear the floors up, take the lights out that they had. Um, I bought all my light fixtures. I put three grand in that building in one in one month um, just to put it how I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after my after my first day, man, I've never struggled a day in my life. Huh. Uh, we changed. My whole family changed. Yeah. And I opened my shop in 2016. Mm-hmm. In 2016, my wife had a 2016 Kia Sorento. Hmm. Um, so that was the first time in her life that she's ever had a new car. And that's when and I And you were able truck. to give that to her. Yeah. Well, so this, here's the crazy huge. part. You you really have reasonable prices, too. So it's not like you're charging a million bucks for a haircut. No, we're a community barbershop. So it's really about what um, I feel is suitable for the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. I'll give free haircuts. If I'm looking at a certain family, I'm like, yo, don't worry about it. Today's on me. Yeah. Um, I know it's going to make that day because I know everybody can't afford mm-hmm. good, decent haircuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's where that's what I do. I like to I like to give back. It's something cool too because I think there's something about beauty and the way that you look that matters to how you act, mm-hmm. right? And so to be able to give us a really sweet haircut to a family that's down and out isn't just about that thirteen bucks that you're missing or whatever. It's right. about more than that, isn't it? I, mean, I did a family of five and let them all walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about that. No matter what, I'm financially fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about, I, I, I want to see you guys smile. Like the mother sometimes looks down and out. Like what single mother wants to bring five kids to a barbershop, yeah. pay for that, then walk out of there like, yo, I just, I spent a lot of my paycheck on this haircut. No, today's on me. Don't worry about it. That's amazing. Um, I remember meeting you for the first time. I brought my little guy Oli in um, and you told me a little bit about your story. Very first time I met Rich. And you were super honest about mm-hmm. 
you know, your time in jail and what you'd done to get there. And then you proceeded to hand me something about a benefit you were doing. And I was like, this guy is awesome and a real deal. And you can just see it in the way you talk to your clients, the way you live your life. You're hugging everybody who walks through your barber shop. Your pictures of your kids everywhere. Like it just, I don't know. I was moved by it, and I just was like, "This is, this is a cool guy. You're a worthwhile guy, Rich." And oh, I yeah. don't know. I I feel super grateful that my son gets to come into your barber shop and he sees other people in Ashkosh that look like him. He's absolutely he's African American, and it's important that he, I think, has. Someone A who knows how to cut his hair like well, you do, yeah, <laughs> so difference. it looks good. And B, yeah. just I don't know. It just it's he sees other kids who look like him there, which is awesome. So yeah, that's a that's a big thing that I I mean I advocate to tell people um, about my past because I want parents to know who's cutting their kids' hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not for attention from the parents, but it's just honesty with the parents and let them know, hey. This is my past. I don't want you to hear it from somebody else and get the wrong vibe or wrong feeling. I need to tell you, yeah, this is who I was, but this is who I am today. Mm-hmm. Well, I you you definitely aren't looking for attention about your story because I mean we've been size been getting his haircut by you for a couple of years, and I, I like it's not something we're ever talking about or whatever, no. right? But it's I do appreciate my so Mark my husband brought Sai in for his first haircut and he came home and he's like, I want to be friends with that guy. He just like real and honest and. And we appreciate that about you a ton. You didn't owe it to us. You didn't have to tell us your past. But it was like, oh, now not only did Sai get the most amazing haircut ever, but uh, <laughs> but this guy's real. Mark really wanted to be friends with you. So That's awesome. That's yeah. pretty awesome. And you really cut hair awesome. You Thank do you. an awesome job. I used to try to cut size <laughs> hair. So size Guatemalan, and he's, I mean, so much hair. And it's yeah. so... Go straight forward. And, force, yeah. and I do not, I wouldn't, I, you should have seen it before when I tried to buzz it. It was nasty. And then he comes into you and you have sharp edges and it's all, oh my gosh, you make it look so good. He so. makes it crispy. <laughs> I learned crispy. that term. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate you. We love your hugs when we come in. No, I appreciate you guys. And, well, here's the deal like, you are uh, just an amazing man that has got light in your I eyes. Know. Mm-hmm. And, I know. and, you know, I'm sure you look better when you were a tan. You had your full hawk, but yeah. um, <laughs> a, little sl- a little slimmer. But we love you and we appreciate you. Thanks for coming in Thank today. Thank you guys so Thanks much. For yeah. your story. I really appreciate it. Thanks, awesome. Rich. Listeners, we hope you guys had as much fun listening to this podcast as we did recording it with Barbara Rich. He was just such a treat to have on. You'll love finding him on Facebook. He's got some great pictures of his hair cuts that he does and some of his clients you should find him on facebook and find us on facebook so we are what's it like with stacy and emily find us on instagram facebook we're even trying twitter although i'm not sure i got that figured out yet and we'd love for you to give a little shout out would you share our podcast with your friends put it in your instagram story or share on facebook so that other people can find us we would really appreciate it or leave a comment on the podcast where you listen on iTunes or Spotify, give us some feedback. It helps people find us. We would really appreciate it. Also, if you know some interesting people, email us at what's it like with Stacy and Emily, no apostrophe at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Tell us the interesting stories that need to be told. Listeners, we love you. And thanks, Barbara Richiton, for today's awesome story. Thanks, everybody.